You're listening to a Fourth Strike production. Welcome to Idleboard. I'm Aoife, and I use she, her pronouns. In this podcast, I will be interviewing members of the garages about their songs, the creation process, and possible inspirations. My guest for this episode is Garages band member Landmower, also known as Anon. Thanks for coming on, Landmower. Can you tell us your pronouns, your soul scream, and what song you'll be talking about with us today? Uh, so my pronouns are uh, he, him. Uh, my soul scream is probably just a old classic ah. It's a loud, loud ah. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Ashes. Awesome. Great. So first off, when and why did you join the Garages, the band, not the team? So I joined the Garages sometime before Tribute Act. Well, Tribute Act was the first album I had a song on. I've always loved making music and I've played in bands for many years. But the kind of like the musical production part uh, has always kind of been a mystery to me Uh, so when I heard there was this band thing that anyone could join and anyone could make music I got interested and wanted to pitch in in some way they were working on this cover project where people take songs by Garage's people and make their own covers of them so I was like okay that seems like a good place to start big part of it was just like I want to get more familiarized with producing music can you go into more detail about like what your musical background entails? I bought my first guitar at age 13, I think. It was uh, with my birthday money. From that point onward, I'm basically self-taught on just about everything. And I'm I'm very much like, if I can get my hands on an instrument, I'll play around with it. And that's a lot of my approach to music in general. I don't know how anything works. I have no musical theory background whatsoever. My approach is generally just continue hacking away at it until my ears like it. So how did Ashes start as a piece for the band? Uh, So we were working on Deicide, and I was playing around with some musical ideas, uh, specifically playing around with soundscapes. I put some guitar over that and was like, oh, this sounds like a Porcupine Tree song. I could play with this. I started developing it more, and when it came to writing lyrics for it, uh, People Make Games had recently released their baseball video. In it, Quinns talks about when someone gets incinerated, uh, it's not only that they die, it's uh, because of the fans, they have created this life around this person. They don't only just die, they leave behind all of these different people. I started thinking about writing a song capturing just how it is losing somebody like that in a very sudden, visceral way. Yeah, so can you explain to our audience more of what a soundscape is? Yeah, so generally soundscapes are something that you'll find a lot in like progressive rock. Well, you find them all kinds of places. I guess it's not really limited to a specific genre, but 
the soundscape is kind of the ambience of the track. You're building a room in which the track sits, and the ambience uh, and the soundscape is the walls and roof of that room. What makes the soundscape for Ashes, like, so particularly interesting? Because when I listen to it as a fan of, like, bands like Radiohead, which use a lot of soundscape-type stuff, especially Tom York's solo stuff, I, I found the soundscape particularly interesting. And I was wondering, like, what did you use to create it? It's a lot of contact patches. Uh, contact is by Native Instruments, uh, who do a lot of like orchestral MIDI instruments and similar like that. There's this tool I like to play with called MIDI Guitar, which uh, takes a guitar signal and converts it to MIDI. So what I did was just, I took my guitar and layered on a bunch of these contact patches and just started playing chords and see what comes out. I guess like what stands out about it so much is that it's it's very musical it's very listenable on its own that's that's like one of the big things when i was posting demos of a lot of this song is that a lot of people were like i could listen to the soundscape alone that's really interesting so what are your musical inspirations for the song so as mentioned, the big, the main inspiration is Porcupine Tree. When I started digging into writing the song, I was like, I'm gonna write a value brand Porcupine Tree song. And it kind of sits as like the big overarching inspiration, but uh, like there's inspiration from Radiohead, there's uh, David Bowie. I've been listening to a lot of Phoebe Bridgers. A lot of the various things that uh, I was listening to at the time all somehow slip in there in, in a way. Uh, but the one that's definitely like the most prominent is the Porcupine Tree inspiration. Like most of the other songs we've talked about on this show, you wrote and performed Ashes entirely on your own. How does one person make a track with vocals, guitar, drums, and everything else? It's certainly a process. One of the tools I've really fallen in love with is Easy Drummer by Toontrack, which very easily lets you like lay out MIDI loops of drums and like select different kits to get the sound that you want. It sounds fairly natural, which is good because I generally play in more of the rock space. From that point, it's kind of like, okay, so I have the drum part let's find maybe a guitar riff on top of that or a bass riff vocals very often comes last i've recently invested in ec keys as well also by toontrack and uh, that has quickly become another favorite songwriting tool of mine So you wrote and performed the song for the first time entirely on your own, but then it was done live during the Desert Bus for Hope show, and that featured a keyboard, piano, and saxophone solo. How did you and the other performers incorporate these instruments compared to you doing it all by yourself originally? Well, we started talking about Desert Bus. I am very like anything goes in my attitude. We were talking about assigning everyone to instruments. We had this uh, the soundscape part and we weren't entirely sure what to do about it. I was just asking like, hey, if anyone has anything, let's throw it in there. 
the first idea was like, okay, let's get piano on there, and then let's get some synth on there. And then uh, Vigilant Baker suggested I have an accordion. The saxophone solo, the original version was planned to have saxophone, actually. But the timing with recording the saxophone and Dayside coming out didn't exactly work out. So I was like, all right, let's get the saxophone on there. Let's get, the, let's get my saxophone solo. I want the saxophone solo on this song. So that's kind of how that all kind of came together. And uh, the really cool thing is that everyone recorded these entirely separately. I think most of them recorded it to the original soundscape or the original song at least. And it was just like following fairly simple chord structure. Once you started putting them together, it kind of just like fell in place. It just fit together like a perfect puzzle. Zach does the synth part in this. He added a lot of like this wide stereo panning stuff and it just really pulled everything together. It was really cool. For both the live version and the original version, what challenges were there along the way and how did you work past them? Main challenge is like making it sound good. It's a lot for me and also like writing lyrics. I am not experienced with writing lyrics. Happily, people seem to be really jiving with Ash's lyrics. But that's generally been a struggle with me, like coming up with lyrics that I think sound good, that like feel good to sing. And then like afterwards, especially when a track like this, because there's a lot of pieces in Ashes. There's like a lot of layers on layers and making sure all of those actually stand out and nothing gets like lost in the mix. That's the other big challenge. Because I think there's more than eight tracks at least. And, and all of those have to find their own space in the song or at least have their own spotlight in the places where it matters. At the end of the song, the musical style switches drastically for the outro. What was behind that decision? Hmm. I don't know, actually. Like, it was just like something that happened in the moment. It felt like the right thing to do. Uh, but it, I think it also comes a bit from the Porcupine Tree inspiration because they have a lot of these like very long tracks. And then for like the final minute, they switch entirely into like this very chill, ambient kind of thing. I wanted to do something very similar and just like play it around. I had like scraps of lyrics for it written up that I had cut from like the rest of the song. And I was like, I'm just gonna move that here. I'm gonna sing this, throw a bunch of effects on it and uh, see how it sounds. And I really liked it, so it stayed. That's really interesting because I have to say the first time I ever listened to Ashes, it really caught me off guard and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. What's your favorite part of the song? Like, what part are you most proud of? I think like the fake ending, because that was another another one where I was just like, I'm just going to try something out and see if it works. Every time people hear the song for the first time, they really react to the fake stop. So I'm very proud of that part because it, it seems like it's catching people's attention. And also like the ending also seems to be catching people's attention a lot. 
you just talked a little bit about it, but what has the community reaction been like for you, both for this piece and also for being a member of the garages as a whole? Uh, it's been it's been overwhelming. I haven't fully processed it entirely. Like a few weeks ago, uh, there was someone who told me that Ashes was like personally important to them. Like this song I had made had actually like mattered to them. That is uh, a lot to take in, especially like as a creator who went from like a few months ago uh, basically having nothing out on the internet, like no public music released, suddenly like relatively we are not a famous or huge band, but the people that like our music are very vocal about it and will very much tell you about how much they like our music and when it comes to Ashes it's like it always seems to get a lot of reactions when it comes up uh, like we have the listening party in the main baseball discord and it's one of those songs where when Ashes comes on a lot of people will be like yeah Ashes or uh, when we did a desert bus set I saw a lot in chat just like oh I had no idea they were gonna do this song and like people being super excited lastly outside of your own work what do you think is the most underrated song by the garages so i've been i this one was the lot of lot of thinking went into this one um in in case nobody has i will say number 14. otherwise it's just like a uh, face to a name is also like top tier stuff Thank you so much for joining us on Idleboard, a podcast where we interview members of the garages, an anarcho-syndicalist baseball band from the fictional location of Seattle. We make songs about being gay, the apocalypse, and fighting the gods, and you can find our music at blandcamp.com with an L, Spotify, or on YouTube. We'll see you next week. Now, here's Ashes by Landmower, also known as Inom, of the garages.
Idleboard is edited by Ada Quinn, Bones, Jennifer Cat, Nerdy Sims, and Zachary. Hosted by Aoife, produced by Tangerine Velveteen, transcribed by Sigil Crafter Aya and Mary, and written by Aoife and Tangerine Velveteen. That was a four-strike production.